Hello children and welcome back to the Friday special by the Sweetness of Yiddishkeit. We're children from all over the world. Join together to enjoy our fascinating stories and even share their own ideas and have lots of fun together. Good stuff is waiting ahead of us. So let's skip the introduction and hop aboard for a sixth show with Rebbe Mendel. You know, children, jealousy can sometimes be a good thing. If it makes a person behave better or do good things because of it, then it's worth it. I want to tell you a story about a man you might have encountered once or twice in your life. His name is Rav Shlomo. He was once invited to a wedding where they had a big band of professional players. There was an electric guitar, a saxophone, drums and more. The band was playing very well and made everybody lift their feet and dance with lots of simcha. Rav Shlomo was jealous. Why should only they have the zechus to make people happy? I want to have that zechus too, he thought to himself. At home, he had a large accordion that he played ever since he was a child. And so he decided that he would go around whenever he had extra time and play at chasanas or any other occasion and place that might make people happy. Though his car was already very old and could hardly get around, especially with the heavy accordion, but it would be just enough to get him to the wedding halls. From then on, he goes around almost every day and plays for people, for free, as long as it makes them smile and feel uplifted. Many a time, he found himself playing for poor people or for an orphaned kala or chassan who were so happy to have the one-man band play at their almost empty chuppah. After a few years of which he continued with his wonderful custom, his old car was getting weaker and weaker until it breathed its last breath and died. After sitting Shiva, Rav Shlomo pondered, What should I do now? I'm too old to be schlepping this enormous accordion from bus to bus. Finally, he decided that it was worth the mitzvah and he continued with his custom even without his longtime partner, his Alta Toyota Zichron Alivracha. One day, as he was going from room to room in one of the hospitals in the country, a nurse came over to him and asked him if he could go into room number 546 where an old woman was laying and hasn't moved nor opened her eyes for the past few weeks. Rav Shlomo went over and he found a few family members sitting around a bed with an old and frail woman in her 80s or 90s or perhaps even more than that. He began playing and singing with his beautiful voice and they all joined in, hoping that it would do something good for the sick grandma. Suddenly, after a few minutes of singing, they realized that the old lady started moving her hand. So they sang louder. Then she even lifted her hand and moved it to the beat of the song. They were all very encouraged by the change in their grandmother's condition. And they began dancing and singing louder and louder until the nurse had to come in and quiet them down. The next week, when Rav Shlomo returned to the same hospital, 
he knew with which room he would start his weekly tour. And guess what? The same thing repeated itself. When Rup Shlomo started singing, the old lady lifted her hand and moved it to the beat of the song. She was no more that frail, and it seemed like she would get out of bed any moment to join them in their dance around her bed. The week after that, the woman was no longer in the hospital. She recovered completely, and it was obvious what caused the drastic change. Her son was very impressed by Rav Shlomo's kindness, that he decided to get him an expensive present. What do you think it was? She bought Rav Shlomo a new car, the newest model of Toyota. Now, I cannot promise you that if you go to a hospital to cheer people up, then you'll get such a present. But what I can tell you is that if you do that, then you'll get much more than that in Olam Haba. Hashem is so happy when He sees a person making another Yid happy. And it doesn't have to be a sick person in the hospital or an old grandma in the nursing home. It can even be a friend who is feeling a little down today or your little brother that is upset for some reason. Besides her wonderful Seata Dishmaya that you will get for it in this world, Hashem also pays for such a mitzvah with the most valuable thing that exists. With Olam Haba, an everlasting happiness in the eternal life. Dear children, the entire Torah is a song, a song that uplifts a person's spirit and even revives it. We cannot truly imagine it, but when Mashiach will come, He's going to be teaching us Torah that will sound like songs. Such awesome songs that we'll be standing with open mouths, unable to tear ourselves away from the endless sweetness of the Torah. Think about your favorite and most mouth-watering food. Something you cannot stop eating or thinking about. The Torah that Mashiach will be teaching us is going to be much more delicious and attractive than that. But that's a pleasure which will be zaychah to enjoy only if we go in Hashem's ways and try to make the Torah we learn into a song to make other people happy and to encourage our friends to continue going in the right path and be successful. In Parshas Vayete, the Torah tells us only about Yaakov Avinu's dream. It does not tell even one word about the 14 years he spent learning in the Beis of Shem and Ever. Why? Because what's most important is how he was changed by the Torah he learned there. How he became closer to Hashem because of it. Only that determines whether those years were spent in a good way. You know, Hashem gets very upset when people are inconsiderate about each other. And even more disappointing than that is when Hashem sees people go to Yeshiva yet remain mean and unkind toward others. And they do not change their bad ways even after years of learning Torah. I would like to tell you a story about a guy that had a hard time understanding that. Shmuel was just starting his fifth year in Kapelbaum Yeshiva Gevoa. He and his friends wanted to make sure to be the first ones to pick a room in the dorm. So they got there really early on the first day. Before anybody else would occupy the best room. A few guys who came only half an hour later were upset to find the best room in the dormitory already taken. So they took the room right next door to Shmuel's room. 
But they weren't satisfied with it, especially Zvulun. He dragged all his roommates after him to a fight over the best room. Of course, Shmuel's roommates would not give up their nice and spacious room. So they fall back, making it clear to Zvulun that it was their room for the next 12 months. Except Shmuel. He was a quiet boy and decided not to mix in nor take sides in the fight. Apparently, Hashem appreciated the fact that Shmuel did not mix in because that same month he got engaged to a good girl from a distinguished family. Everybody wished him a big mazel tov. Well, almost everybody. That is except Zvulun. Why was Zvulun so upset? Because that night, some of Shmuel's roommates decided to take revenge on Zvulun and spilled an entire jar of paint on his hat and jacket. And for some reason, Zvulun suspected Shmuel to be the perpetrator. While Shmuel was in the middle of putting on tefillin, Zvulun suddenly came over to him and whispered in his ear, You just wait! Shmuel had no idea what it was all about, so he did not pay attention. He continued davening as usual and also sat down to learn after he finished his breakfast. Then, as he was leaning over the large Gemara to understand the pshat, he suddenly felt a cold metal touching his right cheek, and a second later he saw one of his pays dropping onto his lap. He turned around in total shock. There, behind him, was standing Zvulun, giggling with a cruel expression on his face. Shmuel panicked. What am I going to do? I look like a Meshugana. He ran to his room, locked the door behind him, and let his tears flow. He cried and sobbed for long minutes, until he decided that there was nothing else he could do but cut off the second pace too. Suddenly, he heard a loud bang on the door, and the door swung open. Zvulun was standing there, his eyes sparkling. So, was it worth it to start up with me? He smiled and then left the room. A few minutes later, Shmuel's roommates came in and apologized that it was their fault because they started up with the Zvulun and ruined his suit. More than anything else, Shmuel was afraid about his Kala's reaction. But Baruch Hashem, although she was upset to hear about it, the Shidduch continued as normal. A month or two of preparation for the Chasana went by and also Zvulun became a Chasan. The day after Zvulun's engagement, he came to yeshiva brimming with pride and gave out cigarettes to all the guys in yeshiva. Shmuel waited a line, but when his turn came, instead of a cigarette, he got a punch. Well, I'm not sure what's worse. A few weeks later, Shmuel was standing under the chuppah, very ashamed to be there without his long piss that used to dangle in front of his ears until just a short while ago. All his friends knew that Hashem forgives a person for all his sins on the day of his wedding, which was especially true by Shmuel after the humiliating experience he went through. I know it sounds like the end, but it's hardly even the beginning. I want to tell you about what happened to Zvulun after that, because it would be a lesson for us to learn how Hashem judges every person according to his own deeds and how much we must be careful not to hurt another Yid. 
Zvulun's brother rented a car to drive Zvulun to spend his first Shabbos with his Kala's family. They were speeding down the highway, while Zvulun held a cigarette in his hand, resting his arm dangerously out of the window. All of a sudden, they drove way too close to a semi-trailer that was driving in the next lane, and Zvulun's hand was hit and injured terribly. It was completely crushed. He was about to lose consciousness any second, so his brothers sped straight to the nearest hospital. The doctors worked hard for a long time to put Zvulun's hand together, but the injury was too bad and they had no other choice but to cut it off. Yes, it was the same hand that cut Shmuel's face a few months ago. But while Shmuel's face will grow back, Zvulun's arm will never grow a new hand. This time, it was Zvulun's turn to worry about his kala's reaction, which was unfortunately too bad. His kala called off the wedding immediately. When Shmuel heard about the whole story, he decided to call Zvulun and try to make him apologize for cutting off his payas. I was very sorry to hear about your terrible accident, but I wanted to make something clear to you. Shmuel said to Zvulun on the phone. It was not me who spilled paint on your clothing. I would never think of doing such a thing. Yet you did not think twice and did this terrible thing that almost made my kawa cancel the chasana. Maybe it's time to apologize for that. Zvulun was angry at Shmuel's phone call. What's the connection? And why do you think it's the right time to speak with me about it just now when I'm laying in the hospital bed so miserable? Now children, we must always forgive everybody, even people who might have done something really bad. When another person is punished because we don't forgive him, then Hashem punishes us too and does not forgive our sins either. Therefore, we should always make sure to forgive others and even Davin that Hashem should not punish them because of what they did to us. However, sometimes Hashem sees that the person does not regret his bad deeds, so he makes him suffer bitterly in order to wake up to do tshuva and change his ways. Twelve years later, on Erev Yom Kippur, Shmuel's phone rang. It was Zvulun on the line. How are you, my dear friend Zvulun? Shmuel began. Oh, nothing. Life's hard. Nobody wants to marry me once they hear that my right hand is fake. I think you were right when you told me that maybe Hashem is waiting that I should apologize for what I did to you. I am so sorry. I saw you as a good victim to release my anger. Please forgive me. Shmuel did not wait for any more words. I have forgiven you many years ago when I heard about the horrible accident you went through. But perhaps Hashem waited that you should regret your bad behavior. I didn't know you were still waiting to get married. I'm so sorry. I promise to dive in for you every single day. And please let me know when you have good news. Zvulun did not stop thanking Shmuel. And they ended the conversation. Only one month later, Shmuel's phone rang again with the Zvulun on the line.
but this time with a happy voice. Anything new? asked Shmuel impatiently. That's right, answered Zvulun. Tonight I'm getting engaged, and you're the first person to know about it. But you won't believe who the Kala is. Shmuel tried his best, guessing who it might be, but did not even get close. The Kala is the same one from twelve years ago. That's right. She also had a hard time finding another chassan. I guess she was the right one, but Hashem waited until I would do tshuva, and finally this offer came up again a few days after Yom Kippur, and it worked out. Baruch Hashem, this should have worked out perfectly, and just a while ago, Zvulun had his first child, a sweet little girl. Now, dear children, would you like to share with us your own ideas how to improve? Would you like to tell us about the times you decided to give in and change your ways to the better? Well then, please record yourself and tell us where your sweet kite is. And don't forget to mention your name, your age, and where you come from. Then ask an adult to email it to thesweetkite at gmail.com. T-H-E-S-W-E-E-T-K-E-I-T at gmail.com or WhatsApp to 00-972-5832399 and we'll make sure to play it on our next podcast. See you all on the next show. Bye!